0: Hello, IABC members, and welcome to the latest episode of the IABC Edmonton podcast. Hi, I'm Mac Mail. I'm the
1: co-founder of Taproot Edmonton, a digital independent online news site. Uh, started up here in Edmonton. We used to pay for news, we used to pay for content and I think we're seeing now a return to that and alongside that return to paying for content we're seeing this engagement that is now possible because of the technology and so you're not just becoming a supporter financially of these organizations,
0: you're also contributing to the work that they do. The IABC Edmonton podcast is a great way to sharpen your professional skills and learn some new ones. Everybody's a publisher now and they
1: have to be a publisher but the recognition that that's not enough was kind of my key message. Your story is never as interesting if you tell it yourself as it is when someone else validates
0: that and shares your story on your behalf. Sounds like a great topic. Let's get started. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the IABC Edmonton Professional Development Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marvin Polis. As some of you may know, I'm one of the past presidents of IABC Edmonton, and currently president of Stimulant Strategies and Stimulant Media Productions. Now for this episode, I'm at the Digital Tipping Point conference, which is being put on by IABC Edmonton and Digital Alberta. And I'm fortunate to be in the room right now with the keynote speaker from this morning, Mac Mail. Mac, I did not hear your presentation. I'm sorry because I was setting up for my own presentation. I know you had really insightful things to say about where journalism has headed as a result of the digital revolution. So let's get into that. What was the nature of your message this morning?
1: I was talking about digital journalism, this transformation that is continually happening in journalism, and I tried to kind of highlight three trends that I've seen. So there's the decimation, the destruction of the traditional media's business model, and all of the impacts that have come from that. That's the stuff that we've heard a lot about, but I wanted to kind of tease out some of the key impacts of that and really help people understand how significant that is. Uh, The second trend is this continual transformation or shift to online digital consumption. So as consumers, we're connected 24-7, you know, supercomputers in our pockets, we're reading things on the go. And then the third is that we're all publishers now. So the folks in the room here, they're putting out great content on behalf of their organizations. And we need to do that because of the decimation of traditional media. So I was trying to, you know, bring those trends together and talk about what that means for digital journalism. And there's some bright spots which we can talk about, but, you know, we need to do something different for the future of journalism.
0: And in fact, you are a digital publisher yourself, Taproot Edmonton. Tell me about
1: this undertaking. So I've been a blogger for a very long time, but in 2016, my business partner and I, Karen Unland, uh, co-founded Taproot Edmonton because we'd been having conversations about the state of journalism, the state of media. We knew that you know the news was looking bad and was not getting any better, and we decided we should try to do something about it. So we started Taproot with the belief that there's a different business model here. So instead of relying on advertising, we have a membership-based approach and also a different approach to the way that we produce our journalism, so both the way we fund. It and produce it. And, and what I mean by that is our members don't just give us money, they give us curiosity and input into the types of, of stories that we cover. So we think we can produce higher quality, more relevant uh, local information for our
0: audience. Now, Karen is a former journalist from the Edmonton Journal, as a matter of fact. What does she bring to that? And what are your, th- your thoughts on how do you pursue a venture like this together when, uh, when you have that traditional background as a journalist? I think
1: Karen and I complement each other quite well so as you say Karen's got the journalism chops she's not only been in the industry for a long time and and has the excellent experience to go along with all of that she's had the benefit of learning from some really amazing folks in in journalism she's a teacher of journalism uh, you know at McEwen here in Edmonton so she's she knows what she's talking about and and my background is more in technology I'm a programmer a computer scientist guy Um, that's my area of expertise. And so I'm able to bring some of that digital technical knowledge to the table, um, you know, in addition to my experience blogging and in social media and, and all of the the things that I've been able to learn and experience there. And Karen, you know, helps keep me grounded in a lot of ways and, and brings a more uh, important uh, journalistic sense to the organization. So I think together we have some, some good skills that complement one another well, and it's not easy to start anything, but especially a, a digital news startup is a bit of a
0: challenge. Now you mentioned the decimation of the traditional news media. What does that really look like? What does that mean for the traditional media? And what does this mean for new upstarts such as yours? Where's the equilibrium going to be? Where are the, the strengths going to be for, for each when, when the final chapter is written on this? Since 2008, just in Canada
1: alone, more than 250 news publications have shut down. So that's the level of decline that we're looking at. More than 16,000 jobs in the media sector are gone in that 10-year time period. Um, And this is having impacts on the amount of journalism that is produced in this country and the quality of journalism that is produced in this country. Both of those things have declined. And the reason this has happened is largely because the revenue that these publications used to rely on, advertising, has shifted shifted online and it's shifted primarily to the big tech giants. So Google and, and Facebook account for 70% of this market. So they don't have the revenue anymore. So what that means for the future of journalism is that alongside this 250 that have shut down, there's about 90 or so that have started up. So not enough to replace what's being lost, but some encouraging signs. About half of those 90 are are similar to Taproot in that they're not um, part of an existing chain. They're independent and they're focused on a new business model. And so we're seeing a shift towards reader pay, audience pay, whether it's a membership or a subscription or something along those lines, moving away from that reliance on, on advertising. And we're even seeing this at the top level. The New York Times has more than 3 million digital paid subscribers. The Guardian has more than half of its revenue coming from uh, readers now. So these trends are happening both globally and locally. And I think that has to happen, right? Advertising in the grand scheme of things for media is a bit of a blip. Um, and it had to be invented. Like we didn't all we used to pay for news. We used to pay for content, and I think we're seeing now a return to that. And alongside that return to paying for content, we're seeing this engagement that is now possible because of the technology. And so you're not just becoming a supporter financially of these organizations. You're also contributing to the
0: work that they do. Okay, you could perhaps see this devil's advocate question coming with all of the free media that's out there, all of the free content that's out there, my goodness, uh, what, what makes one think that you could actually charge for your, uh, for your publication? The thing about most of the free content that's out there is it's
1: free because you're paying for it in a different way, and that's advertising. And what happens when you rely on advertising is that you start to chase page views, and you start to serve not the the readers or the community, the audience that you're trying to serve, you serve the advertisers. And so it leads to a type of journalism that I think people are a bit tired of. Um, You can read the same story on any number of sites now. Um, You know, the news, the global news especially, is available for free, as you say, in a variety of places. But what you can't find is the impact of that news. What does it mean for me? Or even locally, how does this bigger thing impact my community or my business? And I think when we're seeing the shift to digital sites that you support financially, um, it's because people want to make sure that there's a place for them to go that is trustworthy, that can give them a high quality story. And advertising, I think many of us in the industry have decided, leads you to produce lower quality kind of you know, page, page view, eyeball chasing types of stories, whereas this approach where you're supporting them financially and, and with your input leads to a deeper kind of journalism. And that's what people really value. And we lament the loss of you know, these journalistic organizations. We don't, we're not talking about the daily free story that you can read on the newswire or in any number of publications. We're really talking about that in-depth
0: stuff. Now, you mentioned the word trust, and I think that's an important issue here because, you know, you have the traditional news media outlets, the television stations, the radio stations, the newspapers and that sort of thing. By and large, we can trust them. They, they've done the work. They've done their homework. They've done the fact-checking. Uh, but as you mentioned, it's an old business model where it is it is run by advertising. And then we have the Wild West of social media where it's pretty much a rumor mill and some of what you read, some of what you hear might indeed be true, but you're not really sure. And then it seems to me that you're just playing it up the middle here where you're, you're, you're small, you're nimble, and you can be trusted. I think we're trying to adopt some of the great things about both
1: sides, right? So there are some good things about the way the traditional ju- uh, journalism organizations used to work, right? They had editors, they had other sets of eyes, they had reviews, they had people that were making sure that the content that they were producing was of a high quality. I would argue that that has actually declined. And you know one of the first places that these organizations have cut has been in the editing room. And so you're seeing all kinds of quality issues with the traditional journalism that is produced today. Facts are not always checked. There isn't always an editor or a second set of eyes on a piece of journalism. So I think we're trying to adopt what they used to do really well there and make sure that Uh, The stories that, say, Taproot Edmonton publishes are edited and and have a good quality uh, level to them. They're reviewed. And then also, as you say, to be more nimble from the, the social media side, to recognize that when we publish the story, we can update it, we can improve it, we can fix it, we can incorporate new, in, new uh, input and, and ideas and feedback from our audience who collectively knows more than we do individually to produce better journalism. So we're trying to be that trustworthy source by adopting some of these best practices
0: from both sides and trying to put that into the work that we do. Of course, this event today is hosted by IABC Edmonton and Digital Alberta. Many people here today who work in corporate communications, media relations, internal communications, all of this sort of thing. So what really is your message to them? How, do, how is all of this relevant to them? My message this
1: morning really was that everybody's a publisher now and they have to be a publisher. Uh, There's lots that's been already said about this. People are doing really great work on behalf of their organizations, producing great quality content and they have to because there are fewer and fewer journalists telling their stories. They have to tell their own stories now. Um, But the recognition that that's not enough was kind of my key message. Your story is never as interesting if you tell it yourself as it is when someone else validates that and shares your story on your behalf. I think that means there's value in having a third party organization, a journalistic organization who can do that storytelling, who can do some of the great things that newspapers used to do for us, reflect our community back at us and and play that social convener role for a community. So the message is, You need to support what's coming next. These new organizations don't rely on advertising. You can't support them in the same way that you would have supported a media publication in the past by just taking out some ads. You've got to participate. You've got to become members or patrons. I think that's really important if there's going to be a future for earned media and and someone else to validate and tell our stories for us.
0: Okay, so although I may work for a large corporation or a branch of government, and we may have our Facebook pages, and we may have our Instagram feeds and all this sort of thing, and, and social media, I guess what I'm hearing you say is that there's still a place for earned media, and that place just may be different than in the past and the way that we support that place is different
1: than in the past importantly i think people need to recognize that the way that these organizations operate is fundamentally different than what came before it and so advertising is out membership is in you know pitching is maybe less important as as opposed to participation and engagement. I think those are all things to to keep in mind. Um, people are doing great work, as I say, on those channels that they now have, and there are more channels available to us than there ever have been before, but there's a lot of value in somebody else you know, doing some contextualization of that and being able to ask good questions and, and really satisfy the, the curiosity of the audience in a different way than you
0: can do when you just tell your own story. Understood. So if I wanted to reach out to a blogger, a podcaster, Uh, a niche publication such as yours, what's the best way to do that? I think the best practices apply from the way that we used to reach out to journalists.
1: You have to understand... What they're what they're interested in, what their beats are, what they've written before. Make sure that if you're reaching out to them, um, that what you have to offer is is of interest and is aligned with the work that they're doing. Um, but I think most importantly, you need to engage, right? So if it's a blog or a podcast, you need to follow, you need to subscribe, you need to listen to them for a period of time. You need to find out, you know, what they're actually uh, working on, what makes them tick. And for publications like ours, become a member or you know become a sponsor, or whatever mechanism they have for you to engage. I think that's really important because we need to make sure that they're sustainable so that they have the capacity to do that storytelling that you're actually looking for.
0: Splendid. Any final thoughts before we wrap up, Mac?
1: I talked about a lot of doom and gloom today, but I tried to end on a high note. And, and what I ended with was a picture of beer. And I like to tell people that, you know, these new digital independent news sites are a little bit like craft beer and that, you know, they taste better because they reflect the local context. And it makes us feel good when we buy local beer as opposed to the big chain. So I think maybe that's a good way to think about where this future of sort of craft media might go.
0: Well said. Well, thank you for joining us at the conference today. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us for the IABC Edmonton podcast. I'm your host, past president Marvin Polis. Be sure to join us next time.